0: Hey, welcome to the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Glad you found us for another season. Really hope you enjoyed the guests that we have today. Take a listen. Reach out if you want some more information. Enjoy the time. Enjoy the learn. Hopefully you get better from this. The Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast is a big fan of cookies. I'm excited to announce the podcast now has an official cookie sponsor, Texas Treaties. Texas Treaties is a Dallas based custom cookie company that can design and decorate any shape and color combo you can think of. And not only do they look amazing, they taste great also. Texas Treaties is offering Dallas area listeners a special 10% off promo. Use the code PODCAST at checkout. Link to order will be in the show notes. If you are in the market for fine menswear, i.e., suits, shirts, ties, etc., you need to check out Etiquette Dawn. I personally have several pieces from him, and every time I wear them, I feel confident, well-dressed, and I receive many compliments. Etiquette Dawn is a truly custom apparel company that will have you looking like a sharp dress man. Check out www.etiquettedawncustomapparel.com for more information. Make sure to follow them on Instagram and TikTok at Etiquette Dawn as well. All coaches have their go-to drink for waking up and getting their energy boosted. For me, that's coffee. I prefer black coffee, so that means buying high-quality beans so that I can grind and brew them at home and enjoy my cups of happiness. Viking Coffee is my go-to company for a monthly subscription of great variety of beans that produce excellent cups time after time. Podcast listeners use the code Noonan, all one word, for a 10% discount off. Check out www.vikingcoffeeco.com for more details and to order the official coffee of the Hanging with Coach Noonan podcast. Drink coffee, work hard. In this episode, I sit and talk with some brilliant minds in the world of football strength and conditioning. I talk with Director of Strength and Conditioning at Denton Geyer High School, Kyle Keese, Athletic Performance Director at Azel High School, Monty Sparkman. And athletic director and head football coach at Millsap High School, Jake Johnson. We talk about what in season lifting might look like at a variety of classification levels, how to program for the sub varsities, lifting on game day, and more. The 2021 THSCA coaching convention will be July 18th through 20th in San Antonio, Texas. Kyle Keese will be speaking on July 18th. Highly encourage everyone to go check that out. Also, the NHSSCA Texas conference will be on Saturday, July 17th in New Braunfels. Check that out as well. On today's episode of the Hanging with Coach Dune podcast featuring three bald guys and Kyle Keese, we're here to talk about uh, strength training and programming coming into this fall football season and beyond. I'm joined by some amazing guests, uh, Coach Monty Sparkman, Coach Kyle Keese, Coach Jacob Johnson, gentlemen, good afternoon. Welcome to the podcast, uh, Monty. This is your second time around. I'm finally able to get Kyle on, and I've been hearing a lot of great things about you, Coach Johnson. So I'm excited to uh, to have you on the show, and and uh, thank Monty for uh, hooking me up with you to to get you on. So, Coach Johnson, I'll start with you. If you'll uh, introduce yourself to the to the listeners, and you know, tell us who you are, where you're at, what you're doing, and uh, anything else you want to add in.
1: First of all, I I appreciate you extending this opportunity out here to to us and to our program. We're kind of out in the boondocks, so, you know, we get looked over a lot. So thank you for for giving us this chance. But I'm the athletic director and head football coach at Millsap High School. I've been out here for six years. And uh, uh, as far as what we're doing out here, man, everything, everything we do here in Millsap, Uh, We try to hang our hat on on maximizing what we have through our performance program. And uh, we we feel like we do a pretty good job of it, but obviously be around uh, guys like y'all. I'm looking forward to learning some more today myself.
0: Awesome. All right. Monty, if you'll uh, tell it, tell those the few that don't know who you are.
2: (laughs) Well, uh, yeah. Hey, first off, thanks. Thanks again for having me back. Uh, Peter it means a lot. Uh, you know, I'm always very humbled when I get asked to kind of talk about what we do. Uh, I'm also even more humble because I feel like you've got two amazing uh, coaches on here with Jake and Kyle. And, and it's not very often that, that, that I feel like I'm in their shadows. And I know they're, they're shaking their heads right now, but they're two, two excellent, excellent men uh, who I look up to and learn and uh, learn from. But but, yeah, my name is Monty Sparkman. I am the uh, the, the new head coach for athletic performance at uh, Azel High School. And uh, it, it's a new position and uh, so excited, uh, so so thankful for the opportunity uh, that's been given to me there. They're doing some amazing things in Azel. Uh, you know, we're, we're fixing to open up a brand-new facility. And uh, it's it, it's been nothing but class from everybody. Uh, that i and uh i think it's gonna be a a a phenomenal experience and and uh yeah i'm just excited to get rolling
0: absolutely man looking forward to uh seeing the good stuff that you do over there and last but certainly not least uh the man the myth the legend mr kyle keese i
3: appreciate you having me on like the other guys said uh I've known Mike for a long time. He, he's helped me grow so much. Now nice as a strength coach and he's been a blessing as a friend. And coach Johnson, I've kind of been watching you from afar at Millsap and I've had a huge amount of respect for what you do and love what you're doing. Hope we learn a lot from you. I'm sorry, I don't know where I'm from. So, uh, I've been in Denton Geyer since 2006, uh, strength conditioning, coach football, linebacker coach, 2000. Thirteen.
0: Awesome. Oh, like I, I said in the intro, we're going to talk about in-season programming coming up for this fall. Everybody's, you know, back to uh, more of a normal type uh, deal in terms of COVID restrictions and whatnot. So, going into this season, uh, you know, everybody's running some form of of summer strength conditioning. So, you know, that the majority of your kids are probably going to come in significantly better than they were a year ago at this time. Right. Uh, the, the apprehensions uh, re- in regarding the pandemic and everything have, have certainly lessened. Um, so my first question is. Your mindset going into this pro in, into programming for this fall where has, where is it currently based on where you're at and how much of it has either gone back to two years ago in terms of what you want to do, or has it really kind of moved in a very different direction in comparison to two years ago? We'll start with, uh, money.
2: Yeah. So, you know, like we talked about, uh, I'll be at, at a brand new uh, position and, and so in season training, You know, that's that's the time of the year where you really want to try to minimize anything exotic or anything new. Uh, You know, obviously, the main focus of that time is is sport performance. And so with me being at, at the new spot, I'm really going to have to be cognizant of what I program and how I program it because I don't want the focus to be learning new things in the weight room. They're already going to have a tactical component and a technical component to their sport, And I don't want to add a third component of, oh, now we're learning new things in the weight room. And so my job during that time is really going to be to to piggyback on some of the things that were done over the summer and then use those tools to uh continue to to foster those those abilities and adaptations that we want in season and so um that's going to be the biggest focus is is, is how can I use the skills and tools that they already have to continue to develop them in a new environment, in a new room, uh, with a new coach, uh, while all the while keeping sport performance, uh, at the forefront. So, uh, that's, that's going to be my task, uh, going into fall.
0: Oh, Kyle, what are your, what are your thoughts I go along with
3: what Bonnie was saying. You got to kind of think ahead of what you want to do during the end season. You introduce the end season training to them that it's not a huge surprise to them. You use the stuff and then their bodies adapt to what you're giving them. So, um, I'm kind of adjusting right now where we want to be in end season, the exercise that we want to use. I don't want to introduce too much and be too much in the you know something different this year than i had in the past is we're working with a new weight room, so uh there's some new things in the weight room we're going to be using a little bit different. Uh, you still have your basic movements you're always going to use, uh, but we've got a little more toys at our disposal. There's some things that we're learning. That we have the ability to use in the weight room that we can use during this. Just it's not taking too much away from the season.
0: And Coach Johnson,
1: yeah, I may, um, I may back up and address what you said at first about about the difference in the summer and leading into the season, because I'll be honest with you, that I learned a lot last summer. Uh, You know, everybody, uh, Monty said it over and over, and you you saw it all the time, don't burn a steak. don't burn a steak. Those kids hadn't done anything for two or three months. Man, looking back on it, last year we played fast, and we, we we played hard, and it's some of the fastest we've ever played. And it was probably the easy, I say easiest, simplest we've ever had for our summer EDGE program in terms of the workload we gave the kids. And uh, coming into this summer, I, to my fault, I, I referred back to two years ago to what we normally do in the EDGE, you know, and we're, we're rocking and rolling and we're pushing. And we came out of that first week of EDGE. Especially my cross my cross country kids, they'll come up and run cross country in the morning and then come over to the edge. And I even called Monty. I said, man, those kids are sore. They're too sore. You know, i talked to some of the more mature kids, uh, kids who know the difference in being too sore and just a little sore from training. And they were like, Coach, we're, we're pretty sore in our, our workouts. We're not, we're not running at the pace we need to. So I, I sat down with my staff and, and I just told them, I said, guys, we, you know, we, we need to think back to last year and, and we kind of revamped what we did these first three weeks of our summer program, because the way, the way we're going to approach it is that's going to show us what we need to do come August, once we get out of the edge and once we get into our training camps, specifically with volleyball and football. That'll show us, you know, where we're at and what we need to address as we hit training camp. So that's, you know, to my fault, you know, I went back and I, I kind of pushed it a little too hard, I think, that first week. But we, we adjusted, and these last two weeks have been great. Uh, so that's that's kind of what we're doing right now.
0: Well, I think that's really important, Coach, that you, you recognize that within the first week. Obviously, that speaks to your – uh, experience, uh, and your willingness to step back and reflect. I don't know that every coach in America period would, would have the mindset to say, Hey, wait a minute, we're, we're, we're we're moving maybe way too fast or, or potentially we're not moving fast enough. Um, you know, so I, 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 tip of the cap to you on that because I'm, I'm sure that there are plenty of coaches out there that would have just kept pushing the gas and, and just completely burnt the kids out before we, they even got to July 4th. Um, you know, and then you would have had hockey pucks in terms of stakes uh, and, and they would have been of no use in terms of ability uh, by the end of the season, much less at the beginning. So on this next question, I'll start with you coach Johnson, because, you know, for you, being at a, at a small school at a 3A D2, I know you've got a lot of kids that are playing both ways. Um, so when you approach the programming standpoint, how much of that plays into it? Because these other guys, they've got a, a few more kids at their disposal. Um, so in terms of their workload and capacity, they're still mindful. Uh, but you know, I feel like for you, it's a little bit different um, because kids are going to get a little bit extra in practice compared to uh, some of the other schools that we're at.
1: Absolutely. You know, we'll have about 29, 30 kids on our varsity football roster and that's it. And uh, that the workload that those guys take on throughout a season, both in practice and in games, it's even though it's a, it's a smaller setting, uh, they're still humans, and the, and the workload is still basically doubled as to someone who goes one side of the ball. So we we approach our in-season training, and I learned this from Monty years ago. Uh, that's really the longest block of uninterrupted training that you have is your when you're in football season that in-season. And so we try to we got to have a specific goal what we want to do in that time period, and what we do. Is for us, man, it looks like it just looks like a powerlifting gym in here all the way. Uh, there's really no assistance work. I feel like they get all the triple extension and all the assistance work they need every time they come out of a stance, every time they shoot their hands, every time they perform a tackle. Uh, they're working triple extension over and over and over and over and over again out on the field. So when we have them in the weight room, we try to minimize the impact of what we do and maximize the weight that we use. Uh, So for example, when we back, we back squat, we do a lot of box squat. You know, we, we try to, we like to be able to push heavy weight, but take some of the movement out of it. So we're not quite as sore, but that's the, that's the focus we have. We want to get stronger in season. We want to see our numbers keep climbing. We want kids to throw big weight around. Uh, But at the same time, it's, You know, it's not a lot. We don't do a lot as far as the amount of exercises that we do. Like I said, I feel like all the assistance work is done out on the field throughout the week, and then of course
0: on game. Those are very good points. I, you know, I've been at a 3A school, and you know, to to have to really keep that in your mind, knowing that that they're playing both ways, and that's a It's a lot of toll that that takes on the body, and then with practice and how you divide up practice, those are those are major major keys. uh Monty, your school is the next biggest one. You know, you're five AD one. Obviously, you know we know you're going to a new school, but I think your your mindset and approach is probably still similar to where you just left from. In that, you know, I'm sure you're going to use whatever the the Minimum effective dose is to maximize performance on the field. Um, So, you know, for you, knowing that you might have a couple of kids go both ways where, you know, how do you put that into a program?
2: Yeah. So, you know, 100 percent, I'm going to try to get the most amount of bang for my buck uh, with the least amount of uh, stress on their bodies as possible. So we're going to be looking to incorporate movements uh, similar to, uh, uh, you know, powerlifting. Yes, but, you know, we will use partial range movements and we'll, we'll try to take some of that stress and load off of their joints. Um, stress management, you know, as a, as a strength coach, performance coach, you know, stress management has to be at the forefront. And so, when we look at readiness, when we look at monitoring, uh, we're going to be using some metrics like vertical jump, like bar speed, uh, and and then probably the easiest is just conversations with those kids. And 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 you know, Jake talked about earlier about uh, about being adaptable, and you know that's that's one of the, the the number one qualities that we have to be as as strength coaches, but coaches in general is is, you know, we're going to write out this plan and, and we're going to plan out the season, but that might go out the window after the second or third week for whatever reason, maybe it's an injury, maybe it's, uh, you know, a pandemic, you know, there, there's, there, there's several different things that, that, that could, uh, play into the decision-making process of what that program looks like. Now, something that I am excited about with regards to volume is this year is probably going to be for me the lowest amount of volume that we've ever done with our main movements. And I'm talking, you know, squatting movements and pressing movements. Our Olympic variations probably won't change a whole lot from a from a volume standpoint. But I'm definitely going to try a less is more approach with regards to how we squat and how we bench or press. And and I'm excited to try that out. I've been talking with a couple different coaches um, who have had success with that. And uh, I think it's going to be really good, you know, because at the end of the day, yes, yes, we do expect and we do want them to continue to get stronger because, like Jake said, that is you know, the longest uninterrupted block uh, you know, of training. And I, I learned that from, from my time in North Texas with, with Frank Wintrick. Uh, but we're gonna try to do it in a manner that is minimal effective dose. And so, and, and, and so we're gonna do that also while monitoring uh, the impact that it has on our body you know, we have to maximize recovery. We have to maximize um, that component because you know it, it's not necessarily how hard you're training; it's 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 what you're what you can recover from. And so that might be a long winded answer, but but for us, it's going to be lower volume, higher intensity, quality work. You know, something else Jake touched on is is they are getting a lot of high velocity, high triple extension movements during their sport so we don't necessarily have to do those in the weight room you know when you talk about force velocity curve and 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 you talking about spending time at, at both ends they're getting that that high dynamic work in their sport so it makes sense in the weight room to touch on those lower speeds um and 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 higher mass movements because they may not be getting that during your sport so So that's what we're going to try to do uh, this fall.
0: Very nice. Very true. Very true. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I was saying, you know, uh,
3: the top priority is playing the sport. Take away from that. So, like, kind of what Monty said, having that communication, having the relationship with kids and communicate with them and kind of seeing where they're at, uh, make modifications when you need to. From a programming standpoint, you know, it's not intensity. Volume, all the volume, volume, havoc on Vince. So, you gotta do what you can to just do a little bit, not a whole lot. You know, if a kid comes in, he's pretty beat up. You know, if we're doing a squat pattern that day, make modifications in the way that you squat. Maybe, uh, yeah. your back's just worn out, going to both. And then return turn next week's how he feels. Uh, doing belt squats, you know, you modify the box squats. Doing some type of variation going from blocks versus the floor. For um, younger cats, we use APRE. Uh, you know, with them, I, I kind of want to build up a little bit more, of little more attention with them. So you know, we we'll do a test set and a bonus set with them. And with our older kids, I don't like using that type of volume with them, so I kind of base it off the prevalence of It's just a guide. Uh, but, you know, somebody, the young kids pretty beat up, maybe you just hit them with a test set and they're done. You know, they're great. Do the bonus set. With my older kids, you know, I, I kind of work towards the end on the volume scale, but I need to modify and change. You know, if I get more rep range, like working 75 to 80 percent in that range, you feel crashed out work more towards 75. I think the key is more than anything, you know, controlling the volume and being consistent. Always you know, pop up kids, like if somebody's not feeling good, you tell them just to sit out day off and you come back next week, that you're going to feel a soreness and really good. you good good, to feel trash. So being consistent controlling um, volume and just be on the same page with the kids.
0: Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> then one of the next things that, that we also have to be cognizant of is uh, injury prevention, right? We, we're going to do the best that we can to build the body up, to be as strong as possible uh, in order to, to withstand the demands of, of sport. Uh, obviously sometimes injuries do occur but what have you found uh, in terms of, of your programming and your and the response that your kids give you that helps um, get that effectiveness in order to to withstand the tolls and the demands that the sport puts on you in regards to injury prevention and prehab um, Kyle i'll start with you on that one on that standpoint, you know, I think most
3: soft tissue injuries occur when the body is not prepared. For it. So, right now, you you were saying that you know, what are we doing during the summer? Well, the summer prepares us for the end season. So we do a lot of high speed running. And I think where you have a lot of hamstring issues during uh, the season is you neglect the top end work. You know, you're going to have field athletes; they're not going to run like track. So I don't expect them to have just outstanding form, top end form. But I'm going to the basic mechanics so that they are prepared to hit high speeds and they're exposed to them. So it's not a surprise when they hit top end in season and, and then they're prepared for the, the intensities. Um, I think it's also being smart about slow cooking volume on the field. Um, kind of have a general idea of kind of what your practices will look like during the, when the fall camp hits and you know, kind of the demands that they're going to go through. So. Kind of slowly inducing volume on the field and, and preparing for that. Uh, you know, I don't, I don't treat still kids and, and linemen the same. When it comes to uh, It's going to run a lot more linemen. They're going to do a lot of, uh, sled work. One day they may be sleds and one day they might do a light sled. I don't, I don't see really any point. I have the ability to use sleds. Why not use them? To prepare them for the demand of the school? That's the biggest thing to, uh, sled the And then another thing is, is constantly working on uh, range of motion, being strong, and all sorts of ranges of motion. You know, in just one movement plane, and not prepare them to be strong in a deep small, You know, because you don't know what the demands are on the, on the feet.
0: Well, I agree with you a hundred percent, man. I'm. I'm almost so the mindset to, uh, to use a little bit more sleds, uh, particularly with our big guys, um, you know, definitely add in potentially even a little bit more before summer's out. But, um, Monty, you want to piggyback or, or, or kind of pick up the baton in regards to, you know, what you see has been beneficial for that prehab side of things. And then, you know, going into the season, how we maintain, um, the, the body in order to withstand the demands of a long season.
2: Yeah, you know so obviously Kyle talked about <clears throat> using your summer uh, as a vehicle to help uh, you know uh, train and, and, and individualize that prescription uh, to those athletes. you know yeah, I mean you shouldn't you shouldn't be training your skill athletes the same way you're training your bigs. Now maybe there's there's a, a resource component to that or maybe there's a knowledge component to that um, you know uh, but but that's what you need to be looking at is you know how can you help them mimic uh, and enhance what they do on the field you know um, so that obviously plays into injury prevention you know I was just talking with one of our with one of our coaches this morning uh, with regards to speed and how we have to as a program continue to inject high velocity sprinting year round, including in season because that's when if you're gonna have a hamstring injury and maybe not every time, but most times, it's going to be due to the athlete not being uh, not being used to that velocity. you know and, and so and so if we know that as performance courses, coaches, If we know that as sport coaches, you know, we have to model our practices and we have to make our practices mimic demands of the game. And and, and so you have to touch on those speeds. So that's one way. Uh, The other way that we will address those, those prehab uh, situations, uh, for example, with the posterior shoulder, we're going to do a lot of pulling before we even start to train. So for example, most of our sessions will begin with some type of body row, some type, some type of chin up, some type of pull up. That way we get that volume on the front end and you say, well, why do you do that? That's different from maybe what the academics tell you. The, the biggest reason is if it gets put in the end, a lot of time it gets cut out, you know, because you run out of time or something else comes up, uh, you know so so we're going to address that and attack that on the front end to piggyback on, on on what Kyle said with regards to full range of motion we're we're going to pair maybe we are doing a partial range movement like a hang power snatch a snatch pull we might pair that with a bodyweight overhead squat full range of motion so that athlete still gets that that full range stimulus, but it's not um, adding stress to the body. And so we're going to pair those full range motions, full range movements with our partial range of motion exercises. So we're able to, to, to still touch on that, but not, um, Add stress, if that makes sense. And, and so that's where the volume comes in with with with, with our program. You're, you're not going to have the volume in the main compound movement, but where you're going to see volume, and 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 that's kind of the 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 art of it all is when to load that, when to push that, when to pull back on that. But that's going to be in our quote unquote accessory movements that are going to address, you know, the ankles, the knees, the low back, shoulders, you know, that's where we're going to get that volume. That's where we're going to get that injury prevention piece through that, not through, uh, compound movements. So that, that's how we're going to do it.
0: Yeah. I love the point about, um, you know, putting those pulling movements at the front end. Um, you know, I know I think you and I have talked about it just on our own personal training. And I still, trying to do this whole thing where I'm going to get be able to pull my fat ass up do a pull up but if I don't do it at the beginning I don't I tend to cut it out at the end so prioritizing what you care about most um, and what you're willing to cut back or cut out depending on time certainly is, is important you know coach Johnson you know everybody hates injuries but you know, when it comes to the small schools, one or two injuries is a massive, massive blow. Uh, it's harder to withstand comparative to to the 5A, 6As, depending on who gets injured for those guys. Um, so for you, you know, how, how do you guys combat, you know, in-season uh, injury prevention uh, in regards to the programming side of things?
1: Well, I tell you something that's funny. At first, Monty had hit on the the bigs and the skill. Uh, what do you do when your starting center is also your starting jumbo quarterback? Because <laughs> he was for me, he had fourteen touchdowns. <laughs> when I tell gotcha. the rest of the team number fifty-one's going to go to quarterback, they look at me like I'm crazy. But like I said, he was the best. He was pretty stinking salty. No, that uh, I tell you, uh, Kyle had said something, and man, I. I I could not agree more, and and we live by it over here. He had talked about, you know, assessing those young men as they come in, and if they're if they're battling an injury or something's hurting, it's okay to just take that day off. And and what I have found, especially as as the kids mature in the program, now I'll be honest with you, year one, I don't know we could have done this just because the the level of maturity and understanding of what we're doing, but now. I've noticed the more we give back to them, the more they're going to put out for us. And uh, so we we begin everything with the end in mind or the ultimate goal in mind, and that is to play fast on Friday. What do we have to do to be efficient and to play at a high level on Friday night? So one of the things we do to be proactive about it is we schedule in uh, recovery work in our and I'm looking at this from a head football coach perspective within the football practice schedule. I have no problem taking 15, 20 minutes away from a group session or from individual time. And we go and we use that to, to get everybody on the PVC pipes and roll out or to do a little more mobility work or cut practice short and, and ice baths for everybody or contrast showers. Uh, we, we purposely force that into the schedule because I know most of these kids aren't going to do it on their own when they go home. They're going to go home and they're going to go home. Some of them will, but not all of them. And we need all of them. And, and so that's that's the way we approach that is, you know, what's it going to take for us to fly around and stroke people on Friday night? And like I said, I, I have found that the more we take care of them throughout the week, I mean, we get our work in, don't get me wrong but there's that level of maturity and understanding from the athletes that this this is all to get our bodies get the pump prime for Friday night. So that's that's something that I that's big for us is just that purposeful planning and, and putting that into schedule so that way we're forcing that recovery, that mobility, that regeneration work on the athletes. I love Dude, it. That, that that is so.
2: Uh... And and you know Jake and I are really really good friends, and we talk all the time. But, but that is so refreshing to hear from a head coach uh, who understands that that the end goal is the end goal, and if it means taking away from a little bit of practice time so that we can perform at a high level on Friday night, man, that's that that is so refreshing. I mean, that's that's awesome. Sorry.
0: I am a hundred percent with that because, you know, just, just like I said, when when I asked the first question about being able to step back and and analyze what you were doing in the summer and realizing that you, you started off too hot and needed to to adjust. Um, you know, I I think that's, you know, first and foremost, being able to play fast on Friday night, that's what we got to do. Um, and so you got to make sure that you are gearing towards that, uh, because you're only, you know, in theory, uh, up until last year, you were only guaranteed those 10 games. Uh, of course, then that kind of got changed last year. But uh, for the most part, you know, 10 games is on the schedule is the only thing that uh, that, you know, you can count on anything after that is just it's cherries on top. And it's just a matter of how many cherries you are stacking up and how many extra scoops you can add on. So <clears throat> let's kind of look. We're, we're, let's let's kind of forecast we're in season now uh we're, we're we've actually started the season you know we're, we're through camp we're through uh you know scrimmages and stuff game ones coming up we're gonna plan out a, a game week so what is a typical game week in terms of pr- uh, number of days in the weight room that you're that you typically like to see? football get, Um, not necessarily what you're doing per se, but number of days, amount of work, um, or even how you might potentially structure it. If you, if you want to dive that deep uh, into that Uh, money, I'll start with you on that.
2: Uh, Yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, And that's, that's one that the coach Devin and I uh, will hash out uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Um, but just as, as far as a a skeleton uh, template, we'll train on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then he has brought them in in the past on Saturdays uh, as well. And, and so you know, as far as what that looks like, uh, Monday is going to be our primary heavy lower body day, and you know that's kind of the the furthest day away from competition, and uh, you know from a, a scheduling standpoint, yeah, w- we've. A few years ago, I had the idea to squat on Saturdays and that lasted about a week um, for a lot of different reasons. So um, not doing, you know, abandon that real quick. Um, so uh, historically, Monday ha- has been a squat day. And when I squat, you know, if you know anything about how I program, it's within a tier system. And so when I say squat, there's going to be two other tiers where we're going to hit some some dynamic upper a total body derivative, you know, with some single leg and, uh, and, and things like that. So that'll happen on Monday. Wednesday is kind of our total body day, but it's also paired with a heavy, uh, with a heavy upper body. And so, uh, that's what that'll look like. It'll be some kind of clean, uh, movement with, with an upper body pressing. And then Saturday's where it, where it gets interesting. Um, in the past, they have done, you know, some some type of of, of shakeout run, with kind of a a, a blood flow a, a a blood flow type session, where it's total body and they're just up uh, getting them moving around, kind of working out the soreness, you know, uh, that type of situation. So uh, that's kind of the one the one day that's probably up in question uh, as far as what that's going to look like, Kyle. And I've talked a little bit about what Saturdays look like. And uh, I'll be real honest, uh, you know, I'm not really sure what that's going to look like on Saturday, but I do know uh, it will happen. Uh, I'm just not sure what that's going to look like uh, for us this fall. But, but yeah, you know, definitely getting a a bunch of work done on Mondays and Wednesdays, you know, with the idea uh, that, you know, come Friday, you know, it's, it's, it's game time in the past. And I've written articles about the game day lift, you know, that, uh, Jake started that at, at, uh, the other place where he and I were. And, uh, you know, that to me is still a phenomenal way to train. I don't know that we can do that at the new place for a few different reasons. So, so, so that will be different. Um, you know, but then, you know, you talk about, you throw that in when I, that's four days a week, you know, that might, that's probably too much. That's probably too much. So, so it's probably a good thing that, that that's not gonna happen, but primarily a three day session Monday, Wednesday, Saturday for us.
0: Yeah. Kyle, how are you how are you looking at your weeks? And you know, if you wanted to to go ahead and since Monty already looked ahead to the next question, uh game day lifting.
3: How are we handling game day lifting or the week?
0: week? Uh you yeah, both so we've already opened that box. So whichever okay, order kind of, you want to go to. I, I was gonna talk about it anyway. Game day lifting thoughts regarding it, but since we've already touched it, we'll we'll leave the box open and keep rolling.
3: Okay, I'll kinda of, kinda of build off what Bonnie said. We're very similar. Uh we've talked about this several times, but I hear a lot of people always think about what's the first day from game day for us? It's it's Saturday, so a lot of people doing heavy lower body after a game, and me personally, if you play the game right, you're it's a very physical sport. You feel like you're in a train wreck. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get enough time to warm their bodies up on Saturdays, and then coming off a full game on Friday, there's so much stress on a Friday. Why would you compound two stressful days like that? So, you know, on Saturday, uh, simply our third day uh, to lift. Bring our varsity squat up, you know, they'll go lift and go to film, but it's primarily just get in there, and get a sweat on, do some upper body lifting, a little bit of a pump, Uh get them to feel good, get the mood to feel good, uh, get their bodies feeling better, keep it short and sweet. And then once they leave me, man, it's a recovery process for Monday. Uh Monday's a big time uh some type of squat variation for us, lower body strength. Uh we have the capabilities this year. Uh, This is something I'm trying to introduce during the summer is dynamic effort upper body. Uh, Posterior chain work, both lower and upper after that. Uh, The further you are from the game starting on Monday is more strength-based for your lower body. The closer you get to the game, the more speed-based. Just don't want to take away from Friday nights. Uh, With that being said, on Wednesdays, uh, we'll do primarily some type of Olympic clean, some type of variation, Olympic variation. Uh, body strength, like what Monty says, some posterior upper and lower, uh, short feet, 30, 40 minutes, and we're out. And then, uh, just a little more, a little more upper body volume based Saturday. Our JV kids who need the work, use those 10 weeks, six, whatever weeks we have. Uh, they typically get their lists in. Uh, if I remember right, it's kind of been different, but. Not optimal, but Monday, Tuesday would be their two big days, and then they'll lift again on Fridays after their summer. Freshmen are pretty close to the same thing. We've got more kids. Uh, we'll have a group lift on Monday. We'll have a group lift on Tuesday. We'll have a group lift on Wednesday, and then everybody will lift on Friday. Um, as far as game day lifting, it's never worked out for us. I love the idea just with our schedule, our stadium, our home stadium, 25 30 minutes away so a lot of times we have to leave the school to get up to the stadium to not be caught up in traffic and you know our athletic periods at the end of the day so it's just i don't want to get them up in the morning to live i want them to get that sleep i definitely see the benefits of it but just with our schedule it doesn't work um so therefore our third day lies on saturday afternoon.
0: money i'll let you come back to the JV deal after uh coach johnson I, that was uh that Was going to be another one to add in. I don't want to leave the sub cities out, but I do want Coach Johnson to to talk about his week, uh, but then also you know how he incorporates game day training in, and then apparently this alleged uh amazing thing called your turnover curl bar.
1: <laughs> the what? Oh, the <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'll tell you, I'm a little different in this regard on Saturdays, uh, we do squat. On Saturday morning uh, we back squat and we back squat only and we go off of a high box higher box everybody's a little bit above parallel I don't like front squatting in season I don't like putting that on the wrist especially with my linemen that they're coming out and shooting their hands like they're supposed to be uh, we, we try to avoid that now we don't we don't go extremely heavy all the time and we're, we're very we're very careful with it, you know. If we're, you know, we go out to Merkel. That's a two and a half hour drive one way. If we get back at two in the morning, I don't even bring them up on Saturday. I tell them to sleep in. You know, to me, there's no sense. It. But if it's a if it's a normal week, uh, we do come up. We will we will box squat on Saturday morning. Uh, we'll go out. We'll do some tempos. You know, we'll get barefoot on the grass. Go out and do some tempos, which is something else that I've learned from Monty, and then do some mobility work. Uh, really, we get two solid lifts in a week. We we train three times if you count game day, but two solid, and we'll come back on Wednesday, and we'll we'll do our board press. And I don't like to full bench in season. Again, I don't want to open that AC joint and cause more stress on it. So we we do everything off of a board when it comes to the bench in season, whether it's close grip or wider grip or whatever whatever we're doing. We go off of a board and we do we load it up and let them get after it. And then we have what we call swole session after that. But we you know, let them have a little bit of fun in there and do their curls and whatnot. So then you get into the game day lift. And when, when Monty and I first started, so I still, I love it, but my reason for doing it has changed, if that makes sense. So when we started doing it, you know, Monty and I were talking about it, you know, we, Friday night, we're going to work. And so we're going, we're going to do what we do and be who we are. And and that's why I started doing it. But then as, as time progressed, I've, become a little more educated in the matter and now it's all about truly getting our central nervous system getting our body ready to be explosive so when I first came to Millsap we had athletics first period kids come up early we'd do our game day lift we'd be up here you know at six thirty-seven in the morning and then we don't play for 12 hours and I, I didn't I didn't like that so now I've even though our athletic period is still in the middle of the day, I've moved it to before lunch, I still – I don't want to come in on game day and have that big spike right before lunch and then sit down there and wait until 6.30, 7 o'clock to get back going. So we have now moved to the point to where our pregame lift – it's literally – and, and I, we are in a fortunate situation. We just walk right outside the field house doors. And there's our there's our stadium. We literally do it right before we take the field for pregame. Like we'll even be in our football pants sometimes, and we'll go. And it's it's very quick. Uh, matter of fact, there's really not a whole lot of weight involved at all. It's fast. It's quick. It's fast paced. You know the music's cranking. We're we're getting the juices flowing. Get, getting everybody ready to go out and fly around. And what's what's fun about that is, you know, when we're home, it's easy. We just do it here. But when we play on the road, we load up the weight room, we load up our stuff, and a couple pickup trucks, and take a bunch of freshmen with us to help us unload it. And we just set up our weight room there at the visitors' place, somewhere on the grass. Sometimes it's in the back of the end zone. We do our thing right there in front of God and everybody. But you know, that's that's the mindset for me has progressed too. It's it's not necessarily it's a it's a work session. It's a, we're priming the pump. We're, we're, we're doing what we do. We're going to be who we are and we're going to do what we do. But the reasoning behind it has changed. And I I have loved it ever since then and loved it since I've moved it to literally, that's, that's part of our pregame actually. Uh, so that's, that's how we handle our in season lift. And the, the turnover games, man, that's, that gets pretty rowdy sometimes on the sideline, you know. Sometimes kids are going both ways. A kid may make a pick and go over and get, get his games in, and I need him on the freaking field, you know. So sometimes that happens, but it's worth it if it's a big play.
0: How do you manage your sub-varsities uh, in terms of when do you, you know, lifting them if they're playing, you know, if they're playing on a Thursday and, you know, you got them on Friday, you still got to go through your, you know, game day uh, walkthroughs or whatever, you you know, ghost game, however y'all do it. So, so how do you manage that? Um, you know, cause you're the head coach, everything starting stops with you regarding the wins and loss column. And obviously the, the ultimate say in the programming. So, so how do you manage those sub sub varsity kids? Um, cause the other deal is you got to make sure that they're ready to step in and be the next man up potentially.
1: Absolutely. We, uh, they, they get their lift in the and now it's at different times and, and what we, they get two a weekend and the biggest one for them, their biggest lift of the week is on Friday. So our varsity comes in, we do our, we do our walkthrough in the weight room. And while we're doing that, the JV's watching their film from Thursday night. And then we do that and then we flip. The varsity goes to the locker room. We get all our game day gear and equipment, you know, because a lot of times we're leaving it at lunch to get somewhere. We don't have a whole lot of time. And then our JV, they go into the weight room, and, and that's Friday is their big lift. And they'll have another one throughout the week, usually on Tuesday. Uh, but no, that, that's a very big deal. And it's very important to us. And, you know, those kids, for us, last two years, our JV have uh, been come out district champions, and uh, man, they, they take the turnover gains out there with them too, and they they try to mimic exactly what the varsity does. But that's we want that vertical alignment, man. We want it to look the same for all of them. But you're absolutely right. It's a it's a big deal. It's a little bit harder because I don't have as many coaches. Uh, I've only got six high school coaches, but uh, I got great ones, and we find a way to get it done.
0: Monty, how do you uh, envision your your Workings with the sub varsity going based on your, uh, your previous uh, places of, of work?
2: Yeah. So, the way I envision it, and, and, and this may or may not fly, you know, so uh, we're going to go ahead and put it out there, you know, that is a great time again for some serious development in the weight room, you know, those. Yes, they're playing football games, um, but it's also that consistency piece is there because it is in season. That's a great way to kind of jumpstart what they're going to do later on down the road. And and so ideally, that becomes an extension of your offseason. Now, yeah, I mean, we're not going to, intentionally try to sabotage what they're doing on the field by the weight room, but we might get to go a little heavier. We might add a little bit more volume, you know, because again, they are sub varsity. Now, if it's a situation where all of a sudden a kid gets pulled up, well then, yeah, we're going to treat them, you know, like, like the older guys, but I think that is a great opportunity to get those kids bigger, stronger, faster, while also enhancing what they do on the field, and uh, you know, allowing them to to play at their best as well, you know. So, so what does that look like? You know, if 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 the varsity trains on Monday and Wednesday, they might come in on a Tuesday Friday type setup, and then we might try to sneak one more day in. Uh, whether it's a Saturday also, or whether it's another day during the week, you know, um, but ideally for the JV and, and sub varsity, I'm talking freshmen also three days a week would probably be ideal. If, if I had the opportunity, uh, to, to design that the way that I wanted to, it probably be three days a week, you know, where it does have a little more of a, a off season feel. Like I said, the volumes would be a little bit higher. Um, and the intensity is going to, be, going to be a little bit higher. But you got to understand, too, those games are also aren't played at the level that that Friday night game is played. Does that make sense? So it may not be near, or it's not nearly as intensive on their bodies as it is on somebody throwing it around on Friday night. So that's the other piece uh, to that puzzle also, is that, you know, they're not going to have that that stress on them Playing that sub varsity game. So, so I think we can steal some developmental time uh, during the season. So, so yeah, ideally that's what it would look like.
0: Kyle, I know you touched on, you know, when your guys in terms of the sub varsity would potentially lift. And I'll let you expand on that if you want to. Uh, but, but I really want to ask you specifically, you know, where you're at. Those guys, um, you know, there, there's that pipeline to, to be on varsity at at Denton Geyer, and and you know, some of those some of those sophomores and juniors may not see a lot of playtime till they're seniors. So, you know, how do you how do you in, in, in maintain and encourage the environment in your weight room um, to align with what you know? the head coach wants for the program uh, and keep those guys uh, motivated, engaged, especially if they're, you know, uh, a a pretty talented sophomore, but, you know, maybe they're a junior on JV that's right on the bubble um, and they just haven't, they have been outworked or uh, for whatever reason, they're they're not on varsity in that moment in time. Well, I try to be, the very beginning, I'm I'm up front with the kids.
3: Uh, A lot of times I'll pull all those uprising sophomores and juniors up to a personal conversation as a group. And then, like, I'm going to be honest, like, (laughs) you're not getting as much playing time. There's no telling what the future is going to be like for you. But this time is uninterrupted, and we are going to take advantage of it. I'm going to push you a little bit harder than I'd push some of our guys to get more playing time uh, as much as we can. Yeah, and I try to—I try to bring up some old stories and that we've had in the past, and I'm sure everybody's the same stories that you may count out. Look at them as freshmen, like where these kids will not play for us. We're playing you know where they're going to play for us. Even like junior, we've had kids like, man, this kid's wasting his time, and it never fails. There's always those rising seniors that come out of nowhere that get a chip on their shoulder and they're busting their tails, and they come, they play on a state championship team for you, start you never, I've learned my lessons in the past. Never overlook a kid. So I'll make sure to explain to them that we're going to, we're going to bust your tail, give you a great end season, and then that's going to give you a head start on off season. Uh, something that I've kind of used in our program is I kind of have, we have individual cards for our kids for them to kind of see, you know, what percentage am I working at? Or what am I doing today? And I have it color coordinated based off kind of like playing time. So I have kids who are, like red light players, they're the kids that get the most playing time. They've got to perform on, on Friday nights when it matters. So you know, for those kids, I'm not, I'm going to push them, but I'm not going to push them to the extent that I do our kids who need some work, um, but they know. And I know, you know, if I walk around a room, I know that they're a red light player. I know what they've got some reduction, either in volume or movement or something. So, particularly are what we call our green light. Players. They get a little more volume, they get pushed harder. You know, they get the further range of motion movements. Um, I think opening up that, that line of communication that telling them right from the very beginning, you do not need to waste this time. From this point forth, like this is your opportunity next year to take a spot and help us. Having that color coordination and kind of having that communication is huge.
0: For I really like that idea, man, of, of color coordinating. Um, you know, I think the the, the tangible hard or you know if you're using uh rack coach what used to be rack performance where they can visually see you know the percentages and and stuff. you know we all personally understand or can do some quick math in our head um you know what 50 60 70 percent should be on the bar and we also understand what that should feel like in terms of our own personal training but but these high school kids from 18 to 14 don't really understand that. Uh, I think they think that they do, um, particularly your seniors, uh, who even if they've been around you for a while, uh, you know, kids always know better than adults and not to discredit their knowledge, because there's way more information out there than there ever was. Um, So they have access to some really smart people. um, But, Ultimately, I think that's a that's a big deal to have that piece of paper or that visual on the screen to understand when I tell you, you know, we're we're at, we're going heavy today, and heavy for you means 85 um, percent, or for you means 75 or 70 percent that I need it to look a certain way. Or you know, Monty, you talked about you know measuring bar speed. We we expect that bar to generate a certain uh, spike on, on on the system or whatnot, um, so I think that's a really good deal, Kyle. Nope. Well, and and
2: that also you know brings up another point about about don't don't try to put all your athletes into the same hole, and and what I mean by that is is you know yeah Monday's a squat day for us, but you might see two or three different variations of squat you're probably going to see, you know, a, a, a straight bar, and then you're probably going to see some type of VBT, but then you might see a safety bar because a kid, a kid, uh, because a kid has a wrist. You might see a belt squat because a kid's dealing with a shoulder or, or has some low back stuff, you know? So, so just because you have that movement program for the day, don't be afraid to modify it to, to help, to help that athlete meet their needs. You know, don't, don't just write a kid off or or don't let a kid have an excuse of, well, this hurts today. I can't train or well, uh, you know, I'm not really feeling it today. You know, have, have those metrics, have those levels built into your program so that when you do have that situation, that, that comes up, you can plug that kid right into. Okay, all right, hey, your back's bothering. you, Boom, got a bell squat. Uh, you got a broke arm. Okay, you can hold safety bar. You know, now if they have a doctor's note or, or 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 you have feedback from the trainer, then obviously that's that's going to to supersede whatever the the strength coach says. But but if they come in and they're just and and they say, you know, hey uh, you know, I've got this, you know, I'm going to find a way to train you, you know, be, you know, don't, don't waste that time. Modify it. Don't let them miss. I think that brings up a great point of, you know, meeting your kids where they are, finding ways for them to train. And, and, you know, again, not everybody may not have different bars and belt squats and things like that. I get it. But if you're in charge of the weight room, you should have, uh, a, a diverse tool set to draw from, even if all you got's a barbell. We can find a way to modify something for you to still get a training effect um, and not have to miss that session.
0: Yeah. Carl, do you want to kind of double up on, on something? Yeah, I was kind of going same,
3: you know kind of the same direction as Mario was saying, but he was making some modifications. Like, you'll see different variations of exercises. You know, the other standpoint of that is the programming variation. Uh, with a lot of our older players you know we'll go more linear based uh you know in season especially for younger cats percentages i'm I'm not big on percentages younger cats because percentages just fluctuate so much one because they're becoming better lifters two because you know stressors or whatever we like using or i like using apre for my younger cats and that kind of allows me to hone in day by day you know kind of where they're at Versus forcing them to say, hey, we were doing 75 today. Well, 75 today, maybe 95, 95% tomorrow, whatever. And uh, we'll just kind of regulate based on how they perform in their movements. Using program variations is another way that you can adapt for your younger cats and your older guys. That's Coach, a great
0: point. Oh, no, absolutely. Point. Uh, Coach Johnson, Do you want to chime in on, on where we're at with this discussion?
1: Sure. I mean, there's not a whole lot more to be said about it. I think it all, it all boils down to knowing, knowing where your kids are and what they need. And we got to find a way to make it happen. for That's, that, that's our job at the end of the day is finding a way to get it done. Absolutely. We, we, don't, we don't have, obviously, uh, we don't have a lot of those materials to make, but, but you can, there's ways to get stuff done and the more the more you creative you get with kids to help them get where they want to be the more they appreciate
0: it absolutely
1: 100 100
0: the last uh and we, we've kind of touched on this in a variety of different ways obviously the biggest number one thing in terms of the environment that we want to create in the weight room in regards to the culture of the program uh starts first and foremost with the relationship building um so so That's a given. But uh, the last thing, last question I'll I'll ask is, is how do you how do you in the weight room ensure that that environment in that moment in time and the days coming and in the years coming, regardless of this current class or the future classes, um, that that environment builds towards the, you know, towards the program's desired culture? Um, aside from the relationship building standpoint, you know, what do you think um, you do well that helps uh, build that Uh, coach Johnson? I'll let you go first on this
1: one. Just so I understand, are you speaking of just the the culture that you're building within your performance program?
0: Yes, sir. So, so obviously for you, you're, you're, you're unique in that you're the head football coach. So everything that you're doing, is for your football program, but, you know, when you're in the weight room, you're looking at it as in that moment in time, I'm I'm in the weight room. I'm not necessarily looking at it as, hey, I'm head football coach. Um, You know, I want to make them better. So how do you ensure that what you do in the weight room is going to feed what you're doing on the field?
1: Sure. Uh, It's my belief, and it's been what I have observed and witnessed, especially since being here in this role, is whatever you push on the kids, that's what they're gonna. That's what they're gonna grow into. You know, if you go somewhere and say we're gonna be the best bench pressers in the state of Texas, well, uh, you might get a, a bunch of Monty Sparkmans, and I take a bunch of Monty Sparkmans on some down blocks. But uh, you know, you may not be the fastest kids.
2: That's a fact. <laughs>
1: that's a fact. But no, you I, have some really good bench press numbers. That's about it. We'd be able to down block a little bit, but no, I, the biggest thing, and again, with my situation, I'm in junior high athletics, I can be with my sixth graders, and, uh, you know, we're, we're converting, pushing everything towards speed, uh, which for me, obviously, that's not my forte, but I'm, I'm learning that, you know, that's, yes, we have to be strong, of course, but it does us no good to be real big and strong. It does us no good to be fast if we can't translate it to the field. So we're, we're pushing uh, speed with everything that we do. Uh, we're, we're pushing uh, the strength that comes with that. And then we try to set them up to use that in a competitive manner. Uh, there, there's different games that we do, different uh, I don't know if activities is the word competition challenges we do that what that forces them to get out on the field or in the gym, whatever it is, and to use whatever trade we're working that day in a competitive manner, because at the end of the day, when it comes down to culture and building, whether it's your performance program, your football, basketball, baseball program, uh, my big thing is not what you do, but it's how you do it. It's all about the how. And, uh, that's what I tell my guys. And, and so we we try to make sure that we, we do everything you know 5% better than everybody else. And and we have to be able to take that and translate it onto the field or the court or the track uh, or why are we doing it. So we, we try to set up those opportunities for our kids from the sixth grade. Really, I've, I've got my fifth graders coming up for Monday Night Football now. Uh, we try to set up those opportunities for those those young athletes to to get to train and to get to do those things. But then this is why we do it. So hopefully that answers your question. But I think whatever you push and whatever you preach and then go and push on them, that's what's going to manifest itself as they progress in the program.
0: No, that's a great sure. answer, Coach. Kyle, you know, you're the same question. Um, you know, I know you touched on, on relationship building and you're also out of school. Um, that's synonymous with deep playoff runs. You got a head coach that's uh, known for, for building quality programs. So, you know, there, there's a, there's probably a little bit of pressure on you to ensure that what you do in the weight room uh, is going to, is going to stay in line, not just with building great people, but, um, you know, but also ensuring that we're we're making some some deep runs and type stuff.
3: No, it's huge.
0: Uh, you know, we've always felt like the the
3: waiver room has been a huge part of our culture. And it's funny you say that because you know the, the freshmen coming in three weeks ago. I mean, it's kind of a culture shock for them. Like I've worked with them. You have outstanding junior high coaches. They do an amazing job setting foundation. But I think it's very hard to replicate what we have. You know, you can talk about it. You can, you, could, you know, I could just try to explain to them, hey, this is what it's going to be like. If you have no idea. I'm like, yeah, we're ready, whatever. Then you hit guard and it's like a whole nother level. It's kind of a huge shock system. Um, you know, day one, I make a note with those freshmen. I'm like, I don't care uh, right now about how much you lift or what you did in middle school or what your last name is or how much money is in your parents' account or nothing like that. What matters to us is you learning to work, you learning to be a man. And, uh, you know, <laughs> me, energy is huge. I love loud music in the weight room. I love getting to work. I'm not a guy who likes to shut things down and just go off a whistle. Uh, I want those kids to have an environment where they love to be in, they love to work in, they just crave it. Uh, but you have to teach them to crave it. So you know, the first lessons we do is about being time efficient. And we spend our first days, it drives the other coaches nuts, but we teach them how to break down the rack efficiently in a certain amount of time so that we have time to use that time for training. Uh, but we'll rehearse three or four times, you know, taking the bar down first, taking the crash bar down, you know, setting the bench to this height, or setting the squat bar to this height. Um, and they, they don't get it at first. After a few days, I'll let them sit back and watch our older kids come through, and it's like a chaotic situation. Is, is loving it and they see it and like they do want to be that, you know, and having that rich history is another thing. Like, eventually, you know, the program is going to be in their hands. So, this approach on them, too, like, we as coaches set the standard. Like, there's a certain way that we sleep, there's a certain way that we warm up, there's a certain way we do things that's not going to change. Either you're going to be a part of it, or you're not. If you're a part of it, it's something special. Uh, but we've got to teach them how to work, um, you know, being time efficient teaching the kids how to celebrate, like get excited because there's going to be days, there's days I don't feel like training, but you know what? We're going to roll. There's going to be bad Fridays. You're going to feel tired. you got to find a way to win on Friday nights. So my biggest thing to them is, you know, you may be having a bad day, but you better find a way to work and don't ruin it for somebody else. Don't try to ruin somebody with bad energy, bad body body language. Um, You teach them how to, you know, move with a sense of urgency, have a great attitude, and, and, and leave the program in better hands than they
0: found it. Oh, I love that, man. Monty, you're going to a new place. Um, you know your your name in the state of Texas in regards to strength conditioning is is associated with with the Freak Factory and and you know moving moving big weight and pushing big numbers, uh, but also developing you know good athletes. So. Coming to a new place, uh, obviously you've got to work on building those relationships, not just with the kids, but with the coaches. Uh, But but what is it that that you think that you'll be able to immediately do when you get in there with these kids and roll uh, in regards to making that weight room um, probably beyond the the thought of, of what the head coach uh, was going to, is bringing you in for.
2: Yeah. You know, people sometimes overlook that creating a culture requires a process. You know, Kyle's been a guy or, I don't know, 35 years, I think. Um, you know, Jake has been at Millsaps six years. And I was at the other school for eight years. And so when you talk about creating a culture, that's not something that happens overnight. Uh, So how do you initiate that? And before I talk about that, you've got two guys down here who are being very humble right now, but they're probably two of the best people that I know uh, with regards to creating their culture. Kyle, whether it's a graphic, whether it's how he presents a topic, you know, I mean, he just said that he takes training days to teach his kids how to set up the weight room. I mean, that attention to detail is crucial to what he's doing there. Whether it's Southside work, you know, whether it's a slogan, whether it's gear, you know, those kids will run through a brick wall for him. Jake Johnson's one one of the best motivators that I've maybe ever been been around. You know, I mean, I I will run through a brick wall for that guy. And so when you talk about culture, you've got two of the best on here. Jake took a program that has been a a a uh, perennial non success and turned it into a freaking playoff contender year in district championship contender. Uh, year in and year out. So I learn from them every day. Now, I wanted to say that because it needs to be said about both those guys. What my charge is at the new school, first and foremost, is to love on those kids, to build those relationships with those kids, to earn their trust. They have to trust me. I can't pick up where I was at the other school and immediately start it at Azel. I wish I could, it would be so much easier to just pause at the other school. Boom. We're at Azel. Let's rock and roll. There's a lot of factors that go into that. That are a lot of them beyond my training. I mean, we're, we're in a makeshift weight room right now, right now. Now, granted, it's an indoor and it's it's amazing, but that's not our room. That's not my room. You know, so so first and foremost, before before I can talk about technique, before I can talk about programming, before I can talk about technology, those kids have to know that I'm gonna put their best interest first. Those coaches have to know that Monty is going to put their program at the very, very top of the priority list. You've got to have that trust first. You have to. And and, and that's something that, you know, when you think about learning to trust somebody, when you think about learning to to entrust somebody with something that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen in the summer. You know, that might be a three, a six month. That might be a year process. And so we have to remember that it is a process. And so for me, there, there are going to be steps to it. Relationships first. Okay. Let's, let's let me earn their trust. And I might have to put my programming on the back burner. And what I mean by that is, is I might not, even though I want to do a bunch of fancy, cool stuff with bars and bands and technology, that might have to be put on the back burner until they learn, number one, how to set up and break down until they learn the, the, the foundations of our program. Because if I just go and try to build that Ferrari, It's going to fall apart because there's no foundation. And so you have to lay the groundwork. You have to lay the foundation of your culture. And so for for me, what does that look like? Well, it's going to be a high performance model. We're going to manage stress effectively. We're going to enhance athletic performance. I'm going to empower you as an athlete. I want you to experience success in the weight room. That's not a place of punishment. Yeah. It's a place where you can work your tail off 100%, but they shouldn't dread coming to the weight room. That's the culture I'm trying to create, you know, but it's going to be a process. Now with that said, you can go the complete other way. And, and, and I think Jake's okay with me saying this when we were at the other place, I think that pendulum swung too far the other way. To the point of it doesn't matter. It, do, it didn't matter wins or losses. It was we were stronger than them. And so that's a win. You know, you have to keep the main thing the main thing. And and and, and in in sport performance, that's that's wins and losses. If what you're doing in the weight room does not translate to success. Then you have to look at what you're doing and figure out is it a program issue? Is it is it a coaching issue? Is it you just don't have the athletes? And and unfortunately, there there may be some times where where you've got who you got, you know. Um, but that's our job as performance coaches to to maximize, like, like Jake said, to get the very most every ounce of athleticism you can out of those athletes. That's culture. And there are so many different ways that you can do that. It might be a t-shirt. <laughs> he and I talked about the power of a t-shirt not to be trifled with. You know, that's real. You hang a t-shirt out there? Those kids, they will do just about anything for that t-shirt. It might be a bracelet. You know, um, it might be a protein bar. It might be, you know... <laughs> Hopefully sometimes it's just, Hey, good job. You know, I'm proud of you today, man. I love you.
0: I think those, those three things right there,
2: you know, that's culture. And, and, and so that, that's where I'm going and, and we'll get there, but I can't tell you when it's going to be. Hopefully it's sooner than later, you know, or maybe I might not have a job, you know, we're talking about that today. Hey, if I screw this up, there's about 50 other guys, girls right in line, to take this thing, you know, but, but, um, but yeah, man, culture is powerful, you know, but, but there is a process to it. And, and, uh, you know, that, that, that needs to happen organically, I guess too, is what I'm saying. You know I mean? It, it has to be real. Like the kids have to know you're, you're, uh, you're true. Like it's not an act. It's not a front. You know, so I don't know. Yeah, I'm not sure if I answered that or not, but that was just. Some oh, thoughts. you
0: did. You did. I, 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 I'm i 100% with you. I don't think the, like, I love that, you know, the power of a t-shirt is not to be trifled with. I think that that works for adults too. Um, you know, uh, I, I think everybody enjoys, enjoys that. But I think those last three phrases for anybody and everybody, um, you know, great job, proud of you and love you. Those three things carry way more weight than anything because you don't say those things just to say them. Um, I think we, we can all agree, like, if you're going to tell somebody good job, you're only doing that because they did a good job. You don't only tell people you love them because you love them. And you only tell people you're proud of them because you're proud of them. Outside of that, uh, you know, if – if if there's a, but that comes after I'm proud of you, but you're, you know, you're primed for a letdown or I love you, but uh, so, you know, and, and, you know, we never know if the kids that we, that we coach hear those three phrases more than, than when they hear from us or anybody else on the staff, Um, they may not hear it at all at home or they only mainly only hear it on their birthday kind of thing. So I think that's a powerful deal. Well, gentlemen, it's been a great episode. I sincerely appreciate your time. Um, I'll we'll go real quick around. If you've got anything coming up that you want to plug, or you know, if you, the easiest, best way for for people to get a hold of you, I'm sure there'll be plenty of of people out there wanting to uh, to pick your brains. You know, I, I didn't give much in the way of answers uh, because I only wanted to seek knowledge from you guys uh so you know nobody cares what i know uh i think they all care way more what you guys know and i would agree with that so um kyle i'll let you go first anything that you want to plug the best way to get a hold of you uh aside from just going up to denton guy and trying to steal your secrets in person
3: i don't know if there's much secrets if you look at our stuff just look at what money does it's, i steal so much from that dude uh well, it's been an honor to be on this. Uh, this is awesome. I love this stuff. You know, just constantly building a profession. Um, I think it's huge. This is something I've had to learn in the past is put your guard down, you know, put your pride to the side, reach out to people, try to learn what you can. Uh, like I said, I don't know. I can't tell you how much I've I've used for Lonnie. Bouncing off ideas off of him and getting better, like I said, not as just a coach, but a person. Um uh, but, you know, there's not a whole lot going on right now, Guy. You're more than welcome. Anytime, anybody to come up there. And uh, if you need to email me, my email is kkeys at dentonisd.org. Uh, reach out to me if you have any questions. Um, thank you again for this opportunity. i with you, Coach.
0: Absolutely. Coach Johnson, what's the yeah, – Y'all know you're a busy guy, you know, wearing many, many hats. I always joke that I'm bald, so every hat fits a lot easier. But – uh you know, what's, what's the best way for, for people to want to get a hold of you, particularly if they might be curious about your turnover Curl War?
1: <laughs> best way is just like Kyle, my email, and it's jjohnson at milsapisd.net. But I can tell you this, if, if anyone's welcome to reach out, but if you send me a question and I don't know the answer, I'm going to Monty with it. So you might as well just reach out to him. Because <laughs> I, uh, that's that's my go-to as well. But uh, Coach Noonan, I, I want to thank you that this has been an honor. I, I've even made some notes sitting here listening to Kyle and Monty talk uh, things that, that I'm going to look at, changing, c- constant assessment. But, man, it's been a pleasure, and I certainly appreciate it, brother.
0: Absolutely, Coach. Thank you, Monty. If if somebody's you know, under a rock and hasn't found you on social media yet, where can they find you? Cause I know that's probably the best way to get a hold of you.
2: Yeah. Uh my my new email is msparkman at azelisd.net. And my Twitter's Monty Spark. Man, yeah, I I'm on my way too much. Um, but that's really why I do this is I love connecting with coaches. I love reaching out. I love learning. And, uh, you know, if I can be a resource, uh, for somebody, uh, then that's what I want to do, you know? So, so please don't hesitate, you know, uh, parting thoughts, you know, don't be afraid to reach out to somebody and learn, build your network, create those resources. You know, we all have things that that we probably could be considered experts in, but that's not everything. You know, um, if, if I have a question about a particular topic that I don't know the answer to, I've got a pretty, a pretty good network that I can reach out, excuse me, and, and, and find that answer. And and I think, you know, as coaches in this day and age, I mean, we're on, we're on a call right now, you know, and, uh, in this day and age of connectivity, there's no reason to not have a robust network of fellow coaches uh, that you can call on. And, and, And not just from a professional standpoint, but from a personal standpoint. You know what I mean? I mean, I've got, I mean, these two guys right here, I can pick up the phone and man, I'm having a crappy day and here's why, you know, and, and that's a different tangent, a little bit, but, but don't be afraid to make those connections. Um, as far as plugging stuff, Kyle's being humble again, Kyle speaking at uh, uh, coaching school this year, I believe it's Sunday at 1130. So if you want to know more about the grid and, uh, how Kyle implements that, you know, he's, he's talking down there. Uh, looking forward to hearing that, that Texas NHSSCA state conference is Saturday, uh, July 17th in New Braunfels, uh, headlining. That is university Houston basketball strength coach, Alan Bishop, uh, David Neal speaking, uh, uh coach coach Johnson is speaking down in Houston. Uh, with a couple of others, that's going to be a, that's going to be a really good time. Uh, so, so those are some things coming up. Um, if you want to get plugged in, and uh, you know, yeah, thanks again, Pete, for this opportunity. You know, it, you know, it's it's been it's been a blast.
0: Thanks for checking out the podcast today. Really hope you enjoyed today's guest. Don't forget to leave a like and a review we are on spotify apple podcast google play podcast wherever you get your podcast fixed from ratings and reviews really help us reach more viewers peace out have a nice day be the change you want to see in the world